we have articles on literature, on poetry, on music, on the visual arts, on theology. So I would, for those listeners that maybe have discovered the podcast through some other medium, to check out faithandculture.com because you're missing out on the good content as regards the essays that we publish on a daily basis. Welcome to Faith and Culture, a production of the Augustine Institute. Every week we explore the glory of the Catholic faith and the beauty of Catholic culture. And now, here's your guest host for this week. Hello, this is the Faith and Culture podcast. I'm your guest host today, Julie Musselman. I'm the director of emissaries for the Augustine Institute, and I'm here turning the tables on Joseph Pierce. Joseph, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be with you and to find myself on the wrong side of the mic, so to speak. Well, this will be fun. Joseph, we've uh, just been getting to know each other over so many years. I'll never forget meeting you at a uh, Tampa home school conference and becoming acquainted with your talks and your work and getting to know you over so many years and different things that you've done. But now you are currently the director of book publishing for the Augustine Institute. And I'd really like to share with our listeners more on what that role is and some of the really exciting things that you've been doing uh, for evangelization in that role. So tell us a little bit about what does that mean to be the director of book publishing? Well, first of all, thank you for being the guest host or guest hostess, whatever you want to say here on the Faith and Culture podcast. It's, it's good to be the other side of the mic, so to speak. And also it's good to have you as a colleague. So as you say, that we go back several years at meeting each other at conferences, etc. But now we're both working for the Augustine Institute and we're both part of this very exciting um, uh, apostolate. Yeah, my role, I have two roles, but the, 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 uh, one is director of book publishing and the other is director of faith and culture. So perhaps we'll talk about the latter later. But my role as director of book publishing is that the Augustine Institute ha- you know, is moving forward into being one of the major Catholic publishers uh, in the English-speaking world and indeed the Spanish-speaking world because we also publish Spanish, t- Spanish uh, titles. And um, so the, the idea is to be part of the new evangelization is part of the Augustine Institute's wider mission, broader mission, to be to be part of that new evangelization, which uh, St. John Paul II uh, and Pope Meritus Benedict has called for. So we're, we're doing lots of exciting things. We're publishing uh, a, a novel by Antonia Arslan um, called The Silent Angel, which is a follow-up to her New York Times best-selling novel, Skylark Farm, which about the Armenian genocide. So I'm so excited to have her amongst our authors. But also we have, you know, we, we use our own talent. So we, we're publishing a new series of books, uh, which we've launched called What Every Catholic Should Know. We've now had three titles in that series. The first three titles are by people that work for the Augustine Institute. So uh, the, the literature, what every Catholic should know, I wrote. But we also have Salvation, what every Catholic should know, which is uh, uh, written by uh, by Michael Barber, who teaches theology for the Augustine Institute graduate program. And, and God, what every Catholic should know, by Elizabeth Klein, who also teaches theology here for the graduate program. So, uh, and many other books uh, uh, in the works. We've recently published uh, Sex and the Catholic Feminist by Sue Ellen Browder, who's one of the real pioneers. I mean, she's a convert. She used to write for Cosmopolitan. She was an arch feminist and had a conversion. And now mm-hmm. she's, this book is so powerful. I would really recommend it. So we're doing lots of very exciting things. And it's such a, 
a pleasure and a privilege and an honor for me to be directing book publishing. One of the strengths, I think, of the Augustine Institute as an apostolate is that we were founded as a graduate school. So as you mentioned, we have these amazing professors that are teaching in our graduate school who are now also writing. So this ability for them to be sharing their all their hard work over so many years of learning and, and then to be sharing it in an approachable way for every Catholic. You mentioned the every, What Every Catholic Should Know series. Those are, as I've read them, they are so approachable. Yeah, the idea would be, of course, you know, over the years to end up having 15, 20 titles where you're covering all sorts of issues. So, for instance, we have titles in the works, the Eucharist, What Every Catholic Should Know, by another person who teaches for the Augustine Institute, Jared Stout, and so I know that manuscript is in the works, and we have we have others planned. So, so it is an exciting initiative. I should add as well, by the way, when we're talking about book publishing the Augustine Institute, we've published some wonderful children's fiction as well by Paul McCusker, who's a long track record of, of, of writing audio dramas, and he also does audio dramas for us, that's beyond my own but beyond my own sphere here, but award-winning audio dramas. But he, write, he, he writes some series of children's books set in a uh, fictional town in Colorado called Hope Springs, following the adventures of Nick and Sam, two children with, who have older siblings. And now he's work, he's working on books, The Virtue Chronicles, um, and uh, you know where, where time travel is involved with the with the children, and they they find themselves in the company of Robin Hood and and Saint Joan of Arc. So you know, so we, we're using the imagination, and and I you know I'm a great believer in evangelizing through the power of beauty, through the power of culture, through the power of art and literature, and so you know to be producing these great works of new children's literature as well for me is another very exciting thing. The Hope Springs universe that Palmer. Cusker's creating is tremendous. I actually just read the first of the Virtue Chronicles about Robin Hood and what he's doing there for children and for teens is really having, I think, going to have a big impact on their parents as well. Because yes. Especially the read-alouds. We've always done that a lot in our family. And yeah, Me too. I've, I've read through the Hope Springs books without without, with, with our daughter. Um, and uh, we, we've thoroughly enjoyed spending our time in Hope Springs. And uh, she's getting a bit older now because it's mostly for younger children, but perfect because the Virtue Chronicles offer that ex- next age group, uh, you know, maybe called t- you know, teen, young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading the the Robin Hood book to her as well. I haven't done so yet. So a lot of our listeners might have picked up some of our books on the Augustine Institute kiosk that's in their parish. Talk a little bit about the difference between some of the books that are being published and and then the kiosk those books yeah that's a great question and a very important one we, we so we, we publish new titles so as director of book publishing we're publishing completely new books new manuscripts being written uh, which we've just discussed but we also publish kiosk titles now you know um, you as as director of emissaries are, are very hands-on around the country with the with the thousands of parishes that have those kiosks at the, at, at the back in the narthex of church. And uh, the, the Augustine Institute supplies what we call kiosk titles for those. And the thing about them is they are very good, best-selling Catholic books that may have been published originally you know, several years ago. Um, but now we make them available at very, very good. Uh, 
good uh, knockdown prices, basically. For the purpose of evangelization. Exactly, to get them out there and also to, to make put them at such a price that people that want to evangelize them don't just buy a copy of the book for themselves, but but for their friends and for others and you know to give out as gifts. Uh, because, you know, if, if we're selling them for $5, you know, you can buy four of them for the, for the cost of what it would cost to buy one of the books when they were originally published. So it is, a, again, an evan- evangelizing tool. So another a very important aspect of what we do at Book Publishing uh, at the Augusta Institute is to provide these cheap editions, not cheap, by the way, in terms of quality. We don't compromise in terms of paper quality, the cardstock for the cover. They're still very, very professionally produced. Uh, but we provide them uh, at a very cheap price so that we can evangelize with them. And so many people have just taken those and given them out and really reached so many of their friends and neighbors. And it's really enabling people to learn how to evangelize. As Catholics, we didn't grow up knocking on doors. We don't even want to really say we're Catholic sometimes. So it's a good door opener to have a tool in your hand. Joseph, um, the book, I could talk about this all day because I'm an avid reader. I I just think it, the books are so important. And the physical bo- books, I believe there's such good trends now. Ebooks took off, audiobooks took off, but the physical book in your hand are really on the rise yes, as well. Yes, which, which, is, which is wonderful. I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a, call myself a techno-minimalist, um, and, uh, you know, I love books. I'm a bibliophile. I love the smell of books. Uh, you, know, <laughs> I, you know, I love the smell of old books. I used to go like, to use bookstores back in England and just the, the smell, you know, it's like an antique. <laughs> So my house is full of thousands of books. You know, every room has bookcases in it. So I'm a bibliophile. So I'm delighted that you know the the uh, as as Mark Twain once said, you know that he read his own obituary in in, in a newspaper and he and uh, he wrote to the newspaper saying reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> um, so I'm actually pleased that the same thing could be said of the book that reports of the death of the book have been greatly exaggerated, and I rejoice at that fact. As do I. And. One of the other things that you're doing as your role of the Augustine Institute has to do with faith and culture. And this podcast that we are now you're listening to, but faith and culture is bigger than just the podcast. Tell us a little bit more about faithandculture.com and all of the things that are going on there. Yeah, the idea behind faith and culture is to serve as a catalyst for evangelizing the culture through the power of culture, through the power of beauty. Um, and uh, it's a very powerful way of bringing people to Christ is just the beauty of Catholic art and Catholic truth. So uh, the faithandculture.com, the website and uh, of which this podcast is a part every Monday, we put the podcast up live on, on faithandculture.com. But we also uh, publish articles on the other days of the week. And we, again, uh, articles that are, that are an interface between Catholic faith and culture. So we have articles on literature, on poetry, on music, on the visual arts, on theology, on the saints. And obviously we use our own stable of, of trained theologians here because of the graduate program that the Augustine Institute does. So we have our, our articles being published by Tim Gray, the president of the Augustine Institute, by professors Christopher Bloom, the, the academic dean, John Seahorn, Elizabeth Klein, Michael Barber, um, you know, all these, uh, Scott Heffelfinger, basically the, this great faculty we have here contribute to faithandculture.com. So I would, re- I would, for those listeners that maybe have discovered the podcast through some other medium, to check out faithandculture.com because you're missing out on the good content as regards the essays that we publish on a daily basis. And the essays are so wonderful. And as much as I love a good book, I love an essay because a lot of days I only have short amount of time to to really engage my mind in something good, beautiful, and true. 
which is just something really rich to chew on for the whole day. I mean, it makes the whole yeah. Day I mean, with, with me, recreational reading is something I do, you know, in the evening after dinner, um, before prayers, maybe when I and, and then you put my feet up for a half hour, and you sort of come down from the the speed of the day and, and slow down. But an article, of course, something in, in the midst of the day, someone can send you, and you can take five minutes time out from whatever else you're Lunchtime, doing. Lunchtime, exactly. You know, and and uh, you know, and just be nourished by by. And some essays, by the way, of faith that we publish, faith culture, are works of art. It's not just lowbrow journalism. These are very well structured uh, essays that are, that are really touching some of the deepest aspects of our faith and culture. The Faith and Culture podcast is also on form.org. So if your parish has formed or if you're an individual subscriber, you can access the podcast on form.org if you haven't heard it before. And it's uh, just we're going to be growing those archives there as well. So there's lots of different ways you can find Faith and Culture. But the main thing is find it because as we grow in our own faith, the culture is really what enables us, the community, to to do that? Yeah, and, and I said there are three ways of evangelizing. Basically, you know, the, the evangelize the, the the most powerful way is you evangelize through the power of goodness, which means you become a saint, and we're all called to become saints. Now, that of course is much easier said than done. But insofar as we are successful in making progress in that direction, that the love that we have within us, which is of course is the love of Christ, manifests itself and illumines everybody that we come into contact with. So you can evangelize by becoming a saint, evangelize through the power of love, through the power of goodness. You can evangelize through the power of truth, right? Through apologetics, through philosophy and theology. And this is all wonderful. Uh, but you can also evangelize through the power of beauty. The good, the true, and the beautiful are manifestation of the Trinity. And when Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he is saying, I am the good, the true, and the beautiful. So we mustn't forget that we can bring people to Christ just through the majesty and beauty of his creation and by the sub-creation, by our own works of art, um, which are manifesting the image of God in us because God is a creator. Well, the fact that we are creators is an aspect of the divine image in us. So this is another way of bringing people to Christ. And I do think, you know, that the Catholic Church has, if you like, evangelizing through the power of truth pretty well covered catholic answers you know all these various other apostolates are doing that there's not enough out there that's evangelizing through the power of culture itself through the power of, of beauty and so faithandculture.com strives to be a catalyst to evangelize through the power of the beauty of god's creation and of human creativity beauty will save the world dostoevsky and yes indeed um beauty because beauty for the understood is a manifestation of the godhead so yes it will save the world and i really think it'll save our world today because people might not be interested if you start talking about the faith and morals of the catholic church but when you talk about something that's beautiful or you show or you read you can't help but be drawn into that exactly we live in an age you know that's that's confused about what the meaning of love is um we live in an age that's confused about what the re meaning of reason is even if indeed there is a reason uh do we just live in a meaningless cosmos the relativistic uh, so it's, it's very difficult to engage on the level of reason or the level of love to people that have lost the meaning of what love and reason is but if you can share something beautiful and look at that same beautiful thing together and see that as a manifestation of order in the cosmos you're leading people in the right direction you know and one definition of prayer is the lifting up of the mind and the soul to God and a work of beauty always does that even an mm. atheist when he sees something beautiful his mind and heart is lifted up is edified and although they might not know that God exists they're actually being lifted up in the direction 
connection of the God. Mm, it's so powerful. And I, I just can't thank you enough for all the great work you're doing with faithandculture.com, the website, the articles, the podcasts. It's just such a gift to all of us who receive this great knowledge and beauty and truth in, in the work that you're doing. Thank you, Julie. I mean, honestly, it's been a, it's been a joy and a, a pleasure to uh, to have the tables turned on me. You're a consummate interviewer, and we've, and, <laughs> and, and, and we've, we've, I think we've covered some very important grounds about what I'm trying to do here uh, at the Augustine Institute, so thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to be the guest host. This is the Faith and Culture Podcast. I'm Julie Musselman. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Faith and Culture with Joseph Pierce. Faith and Culture is a production of the Augustine Institute. For more information, please visit us at faithandculture.com.